The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, hello, everyone. Today, yes, this is Vincent Jenna, and I'm coming to you live from Holly Springs, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. For those of you who know Raleigh but don't know Holly Springs, it's the next up-and-coming area other than Cary and Apex. Yes, it is not the containment area for relocated Yanks. That's what Carrie was named after. Um, uh, Holly Springs has no acronym. But hello, everyone. We are approaching Father's Day weekend. Uh, This is the month of celebrating the divine masculine within you. We've been talking about that. And um, today we will be, I'm, I'm, we had a schedule to talk about, um, do you know what it really is to be a man? You know, what is the divine masculine anyway? What is that all about? Um, and so, uh, I did want to discuss that today. However, I had a, an incredible question raised to me, written me to me, written to me, um, that I wanted to answer first. Today. It was an amazing question. It's a question a lot of people have, um, and and I may have broached it uh, many a time during my show. But it um, it's an intense question about intense time, right? Um, so I did want to talk about that first. I'm going to address that. I told the person. Um, I hope you're listening. Um, I I will just um, keep you say Regina. Um, I hope you are uh, listening to the show because it was a, a very uh, formidable and profound question uh, that I want to share with everyone. And so I will get to that just momentarily. I hope everybody is having a fabulous time and a fabulous week. Um, I know over here we've had lots of rain and clouds and some heat, and I know it's been raining elsewhere uh, but I hope you're still living the dream that you have created for yourself. I know I am. At least, um, yes, I am. I am. I'm not going to say I'm trying to. I am. I am absolutely living my dream. Um, that's what my plan was. And I hope everybody is having a good week. Um, <clears throat> so I did want to say that next week... I will be talking more about the divine masculine and why we even created Father's Day. What what was the need for it, right? We're going to talk about that. And then the following week, um, we're going to do some answers, some psychic mediumship connections and answers and guidance for you. You can write me a question at info at vincentjenna.com, info at vincentjenna.com, just like Regina did with her incredible question. And I will give you, answer your question on the air, a reading, 
give you a reading, um, or you can call in live um, that day. That I believe is the twenty third. Um, I believe it's the twenty third. I will bring up uh, the camera. Well, it is a Wednesday. Just remember that. So, oh, it's it's not. Uh, this Wednesday, because that's today, and it's not the 16th, it's the 23rd. Yes, that's right. And then on the 30th, on the 30th, I have a special guest back again. She's going to be continuing her incredible story about her journey and how she was able to take the leap of self-love and self-belief in order to, gosh, she's close to almost having lost 180 pounds, and that's my daughter, Kimberly, Kimberly Jenna Bryant. She's going to return. If you've not listened to her podcast, you need to go back and listen to it. Um, she was on just a few weeks ago in May. And, and she's an amazing person with an amazing story and a, a very um, emotional background um, and an unbelievable um, Adulthood. As a matter of fact, she's just was so thrilled. She's such an incredible talent. Also, she sings. She's got an amazing voice. It was actually she was up for the leading role in the movie Hairspray. It was between her and the girl who got the role. And the only reason why she didn't get the role is because she is as tall as the leading man. Excuse me. Who is Zac Efron? <clears throat> And the director didn't like that appearance, so he wanted a much shorter girl, even though my daughter was more talented for the role. Yes, she is. But she just, in her thinness, for the first time, auditioned for a show that she got into. I am so excited. It's a 50s, 60s um, musical, and it's, and it's just six women singing the 50s, 60s songs. Um, uh, so we're, we're just thrilled that's going to be on any local people in the Raleigh area. You've got to go see her Raleigh community theater, downtown Raleigh, one of the most professional community theaters that I've uh, ever had the joy of participating in. So that's what's coming up for you, but let's get to this heavy duty question. Okay. So I'm going to read the whole question for you. Um, like I said, it is, it's a heavy question, but it's a reasonable question. So dear Mr. Jenna, I read somewhere that you know the meaning of life and why we are here. It sounds like you are no stranger to abuse, and I'm glad that God answered your prayers to try to help others. She's referring to the story of how I experienced my spiritual awakening. It was because of a person, a friend of mine, who was having a difficult time in life. His life was actually falling apart. And after a visit with him on a weekend driving home, I was crying out to God to give me the ability to be able to help him and others like him because I didn't know how to help him. Okay, that's what she's referring to. However, tonight I was watching a program about a serial killer that told his victim to beg God to help him for 30 minutes, and God didn't show up, and this person was murdered. 
Not to mention the millions of Jews that were slaughtered during the Holocaust. Children ripped from their families. The most gruesome and horrible things happen on this earth. I've read many NDE near-death experiences online, and many talk about reincarnation, and that we chose to come here to learn lessons. But if you're already in a perfect place with so much love, why is there ever a need to come down here if we and all is perfect with God? But not only that, why would we come to earth knowing that someone is going to murder your entire family? And some people suffer over long periods of time. Why would you wish that on other souls and people that you love? It sounds like we're a very sick, it sounds like a very sick relationship to me. If you could please answer my question, I'd really appreciate it very much. You can just email me back. That's too important of a question to just address in an email and it's and to just share with just you, Regina, because it's such, like I said, a profound question. It's a reasonable question. And Regina, I ask the question myself, why do we keep coming here? Why do we put ourselves through this? Do we put ourselves through this? So the first thing I would like to say and address, which is really important, is the understanding God. Understanding God. Okay, listen to me, people. (laughs) Listen to me, people. God does not answer prayers. God does not answer prayers. We do. We do. God will not intercede. We'd love to think that because good things happen, it's got to be because God is doing it. And if bad things happen, then of course we're going to blame the same entity. It's God. Why does God, or we've passed the point of blaming. We used to believe in a fire and brimstone God. He's going to punish you. He destroyed the earth. We wrote a whole chapter In the New Testament, Noah and the Ark is all about that. It's about God being mad and destroying and killing all the people. But we went past that, and I talked about that metaphoric meaning and how God evolved itself. So God doesn't do anything and intercede. It's a force and it's a power that's there. And it has given us, it made us in its likeness attached to that force, attached to that power. So it doesn't and can't do anything to interfere in our lives. That's what free will is about. We do that. We create, we destroy. We destroyed ourselves in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We did that. God did not do that. We did that. God will whisper in our ears, shout out loud, send us storms, send us messages, send us whatever we need to, sends the universe, the archangels come, deceased loved ones come to give us the messages that we need to hear. But that's it. It gives us messages. It reminds us. It says, I've given you everything. 
right? All you need to do is believe. Okay, like Jesus said, you know, Jesus kept saying God did this and God did that. God will give you. If God feeds the birds, God will feed you. But what Jesus was talking about, he constantly said he was talking in parable which is like metaphors. He was talking in metaphors. It's not that God sits there and points out to the people and says, okay, you can have abundance and you can't have abundance. God doesn't do that. God has given us the ability to use its power, God's power, to create abundance. If we believed, if we're one with that God force, We would know that and understand that. So let's get that clear. So praying to God is not going to do anything. And if that serial killer is making the guy pray for God to help him, there is no way for God to stop the serial killer. He doesn't choose and sit there and say, okay, well, he's got to die now because I'm not going to do anything. That's also what... Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus said that, right? Jesus said that when um, Herod and Caiaphas were telling Jesus, prove that you're the son of God. Or Herod said, walk across my swimming pool if you're God. And Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And what did he mean by that? Is don't, don't make me try to prove that there is God or, or try to make God prove that it exists. Because you don't need to do that. We're not going to do that. we take away your free will if I did that. It has nothing to do with, well, that's a no-no. We don't agree with um, tempting God. So... The first part of the answer to that question is that God does not cause anything. And God did not answer my prayer. Not in the way that you're thinking. God did not send me abilities when I asked for them. But it was the first time that I really turned selflessly to God by asking the question, By praying, you are awakening what is already within you. I'll say that again. By asking God for help and praying, you are awakening what is already within you. My cry for help was so genuine that I needed to help my friend. I did it in tears. I did it in tears. I was crying while I was asking God. And I wasn't asking God to save my life from a killer. I was asking God, give me the abilities to help my friend and people like my friend and others who are in trouble. Give me the ability. It was the craziest request I had ever made. I didn't even ask God to fulfill my dream, make me a star. Make me a star. Please make me a star, God. Make me a star. I had to make myself my own star if that's what I wanted. But I genuinely wanted to be able to help my friend. And because of that, and and I guess some way I believed that I could if I had the ability to, and it was awakening within me. And, of course, then my stubbornness took a long time. 
So that's how I got my abilities. It had nothing to do with God answering my prayer, Regina and everyone else. It had to do with me making the request that awakened it within myself. Now, why? Here's, here's the best part of your question. Why on earth do we come here? Why would we? Yes, I've said it. We manifest our own lives. We have soul contracts. Well, and not all, everything that happens to us is based on a soul contract, quite honestly. It's not. Not everything. Um, sometimes we do come down here with a plan. But there is life that goes on. We get caught up in it because of our stories. Maybe our stories are become worse or we don't handle them the way our souls expected to handle them. Why do we choose those stories then? Why do we make soul contracts? Why do we agree? Why would I make an arrangement with my mother before she came down on the earth to torment me as a mother rather than nurture me? Cause me pain because that'll get me to where I'm going, where I want to go. Now, I'm not going to say those are the wisest choices that we've ever made. I think they're actually ridiculous and they could probably even lend themselves to be quite stupid. (laughs) But look at some of the stupid choices we make while we're here. While we're here, what do we put ourselves through while we're here to achieve something? And we work so hard and we can convince ourselves that we're supposed to work so hard. Who told us that? We're constantly being told, work hard, work hard. Um, All of your um, motivational teachers, right? One of the first things they say is go after a dream and work hard. And second thing is work hard. Go after your dream, but work hard at it. Work hard at going after your dream. No, we believe we have to work hard. So where is that coming from? Chances are that's coming from within our souls because our souls believe we need to work hard. We need to put, we need to do what we need to do in order to evolve. I don't think God ever told us that. I don't even think Jesus was referring to that or any of the spiritual leaders. We're referring to hard work. But we've got this concept that everything has to be difficult. So, so yes, then we are going to make difficult situations for ourselves. Now, if in the human term, we believe we're supposed to be putting ourselves through hard work and hard times in order to gain anything, it's not beneficial to gain a dream unless you've worked hard for it. How ridiculous is that? Why can't we just have a dream because we're going after it and we want it? Why do we have to constantly put ourselves through hell? And what is the reality of working hard anyway? Right? It's all, um, you know, whatever you feel working hard is, that's what you're supposed to do. It's all relative. It's relative to what you believe hard work is. So for some people, hard work may not be as hard for others or maybe even be harder. So we all have our own level of hardness that we feel we're supposed to be working at. Lord knows we don't want to get it simple, hand it to us on a silver platter, right? We've got those terms too. 
But people who get it on a silver platter, he got it on a silver platter. He doesn't even appreciate it. So, so the concept of appreciation and gratitude goes along with the concept of working hard. Because apparently you can't be grateful for something until you've worked hard for it and then received it. So we have those beliefs in the physical realm. So now we're in an unlimited realm as souls. And you don't think if we have the same concept, if the souls are what inspired that hard work, and I'll talk about why souls would even think that, because that answers another part of Regina's questions on why would even come back here if it's so perfect over there. Right? So if in a physical world we put ourselves through some of this crap and hell that we call hard work in order to achieve something, what would a soul in an unlimited world decide to put itself through in order to get what it wanted? What's hard work to the soul? Do you ever think about that? What would be hard work to the soul? Look at what hard work is to a human. And you can see some really hard work, right? I don't need to give a whole bunch of examples. Just look out in the world. You'll see people how they worked so hard for what they wanted. So now that's the humanness where we feel limited in a physical environment and body governed by laws of physics that we have created in our mind. Right. And that hard work that we put ourselves through. Now, let's jump to just being souls again, unlimited. What is hard work now to a soul? And I will tell you the answer to that. It's putting yourselves through hell in the physical world. It's getting abused. It's getting robbed. It's getting hit by a car. It's coming in with a disease and a disorder. It's losing family members. Now, if you're making this plan, the other soul's that are participating in your plan have their own ideas and concepts of what they have to go through. So Regina, it's not that others are suffering on your behalf alone. They've got their plans too. So let's go back to my mom concept. So here are two souls meeting and we're making a plan for our next lifetimes. Well, first of all, I got to find a soul. Were you planning on going down there, the ne- you know, soon? Yeah, actually, I was. I was going to go down there real soon. Um, what were you What were you thinking about? Well, I was going to be a mom. Uh, you know, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I may lose a couple, you know, miscarry or something like that, uh, you know. Um, but I have to... Um, I had an issue with somebody with mental health. And um, I really abuse this person. I feel really bad about that. And I kind of feel like I've got to go through that myself in order to make up for what I did, to understand it. Why? What were you thinking? Oh, well, you know what? This could work out really well then. I was thinking I need to go down and I need to put myself through a hard life because I've been a terrible student in all my past lives, and I didn't learn very much. And I figured that in order for me to really grow, I'm going to need to teach what I need to learn. 
But in order to get to that place, I think I have to go through some hell in the beginning. I think I have to go through some torment so that I can then relate to others and others will relate to me. Oh, wow. Okay, so so if I go down with you then, okay, I could be your mom. Yeah, that would sound like a good idea. And if you're going to have some mental health issues and put yourself through that, maybe you can be one of my tormentors then. So instead of going down and being, you know, one of those doting moms and giving me all that I need, help me out here and don't give me what I need so that I can get to where I need to go. How about that? What, what do you think? Oh, do we really want to do this? You know, you're going to be angry with me. I know, but we'll forget it. We always do, right? We come back here, we see each other, and we forgive each other right away. But if it if it allows for growth, all right, okay, okay, I'll do that. All right, we'll forget. Let's try to remember that we're doing that for each other sooner than later. Because it's too painful otherwise. Okay, all right. And so mom comes down... And then I'm born 24 years later in mom's life, and the contract goes on. So she does what she needs to do, and she did what she needed to do and put herself through some misery. And then we're putting me through misery, and we hopefully get to where we planned on getting. And Regina, that is the simple way of putting why we would do that. So nobody is suffering at another person's growth. So that, that is the concept of soul contracts we all have to understand. Is it dumb? Absolutely. And God the entire time is saying, thinking, all my children are mishugana. They're dumbheaded. Why the heck would they put themselves through all this hell to grow. I know you love me. I know you want to grow, but you do know that there's an easier way of doing this. You know, just accept who you are. Go experience life. Go experience the birds I made for you, you know, that we made together. About the trees. What about those wonderful vacation spots? You know, Lake Tahoe is really cool. You should just go there, have some fun. Yeah, and and you turn fun into terrible stuff. I mean, okay, I can understand Las Vegas and all the shows and stuff like that, but did you really have to go there to lose money in order to try to win money? You know, and then all the craziness that goes there on there, the girls, the drugs, holy cow. We'll come back on the other side of this commercial break to continue this story and then talk about what it is to be a man. Thank you for joining me. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show with Vincent Jenna. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Well, hello there. If you're just joining me, we are talking about a, um, a wonderful question. Well, a very intense question that I was asked by one of my listeners. And um, if you missed the first part, you're going to have to go back and listen to it because I read the question there. I'm not going to reread it. But I was continuing. We were just talking about soul contracts and coming here and putting ourselves through some hell in order to grow, in order to make up for some karmic things. Um, and, the, and the most important part is to evolve. Now, 
I, there's still more to that question asked, um, but I did want to just finish up on this part. Now, that is not to say, folks and Regina, that all the stuff that we're going through was sold contracted. Like I said, once we're down here, we get caught up in things. So if part of the sole contract was to get hurt a little bit, we might not respond to it the same way that we were supposed to. Certainly the abuse that I went through that, like I said, chances are I made an arrangement to go through that. I could have gone off in a different direction. That's the danger of creating these types of circumstances for ourselves with soul contracts. You're not guaranteed the response you want. So instead of taking the spiritual journey with everything that happened to me, I could have been the one that went and got the gun and walked into the schoolroom and shot up all my, my peers, right? So, so you never know what the outcome is going to be. And like I said, you can get sidetracked. And instead of following that blueprint that you created for yourself, you could go way off, which is what I believe so many people have done. They may have made soul contract, but got so sidetracked by the pain, pain and suffering pulls you away from God, not to God. There is no need for suffering. There is no need for pain. We've already experienced it once. We know what it is. We don't need to experience it again in order to know what it is. So it pulls us away from God. So therefore, we all this these choices that these souls are making prior to coming down, whether it is to die young, um, to get shot, to do whatever, to, to have a disease, whatever. It's pulling people away from God, not closer to God. It's a very big, risky business now. We have to stop the suffering even while we're here. Even without having to come down and make these soul contracts, we've got to stop the suffering here. Now, the biggest part of the question, why the hell would we leave a perfect place on the other side when there's love and support, where there's God, where there's our deceased loved ones that we've missed, that we've not seen in a long time, where our pets are that become part of us? Why would we leave all of that? The archangels and whatever pillows, clouds um, that there are that we go floating in, which we really don't. Why would we leave that? Because growing and evolving is exhilarating. Going from zero to everything in a lifetime is exhilarating. Being able to achieve a dream is exhilarating. Finding a love that is unconditional and perfect is exhilarating. Finding what you know. What is it we all know? It's exhilarating. Discovering who we are and the depth of our abilities are, is exhilarating. And you can't always do that on the other side where it's just loving and perfect. And balanced and unlimited. Sometimes we need limits in order to find our strengths. And so we put ourselves through this process. It wasn't always this hard. It seems like it was. But the picture in the history that you're seeing, just understand, this. that's a complete different lifetime. 
from the beginning stories of the Bible on is a complete other lifetime. It's not our first lifetime down here. The story of Lemuria and and Atlantis, they were our first lifetimes here. Whatever the cities were actually called, it doesn't matter whether it was called that or not, but they do point to times that we were down here before where it was so peaceful and loving, and we just, you know, floated around and enjoyed the beauty. It was the Garden of Eden. That's what the story of the Garden of Eden was began with. And then because we needed to know more, we needed to know all we needed to know, all we knew we wanted to know, all we knew we wanted to know. But we all wanted to know it all at once before we were able to handle all we knew. And that's how we lost the Garden of Eden and ended up here today. So now we create a karma. That's another reason why we come down. Because we can't live with ourselves sometimes with what we've done, with some of the choices we've made. And so we want to come back and correct it. And we want to come back and correct it in whatever form we come back in, male, female, or non-identifiable, them. It doesn't matter, but we choose to come back to make up for things. Because we don't believe in restitution, we believe in retribution. Let me say that correctly again. We don't believe in restitution, we believe in retribution. And what does that mean? Restitution is the idea of just being able to understand that, well, that was a low choice, I'm not going to do that again. Retribution is, well, that was a low choice, I have to be punished for doing that. So I have to go through some hell. That's what retribution is. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth concept. You can see that playing out here on the planet with everything, and especially in the United States and the judicial system and everywhere. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So yes, so we put ourselves through hell. That's why. We're children still, Regina. We're trying to grow up and realize that we don't need to go through that. Don't children do things that make it so much harder on themselves? And we say the reason why we understand why they're doing it because their minds are undeveloped. And because their minds are undeveloped, they make dopey choices sometimes. Holy cow, you didn't have to do all of that. You didn't have to put yourself through that. You didn't have to get in trouble. You know, I, we would have, if you didn't have to lie, you didn't have to dis, be deceitful, you didn't have to rob me, uh, you could have come over and I would have given you your allowance early. You, whatever the case may be, children don't understand. Well, guess what? Our souls are all children. We're all young. We're still growing up. We're still trying to realize we don't need to do that. We don't need to put ourselves through hell. We don't need to work that hard. We don't need to go through a lifetime without love, but we will do it. That's why we do it. And we need to change our attitudes about who we are to stop doing it. Not only stop doing it by coming down here and putting ourselves through hell, but stop doing it while we're down here. We need to believe more. What do you think manifesting is all about? Manifesting is the ability to make things happen for you abundantly. And even then, we don't do it because we don't believe we deserve it. 
Yet we were told it's the simplest thing. Just believe, just believe in yourself, believe you deserve it. You'll get it. I mean, I deal with clients all the time, every single day. Their conscious mind may tell them, oh, I do deserve it. Oh, I'm going to get that. Oh, I can manifest it. But like my work, it's all about you. Most people do not believe what they think they believe because you've got an underlying set of beliefs that you've been hiding. And those underlying set of beliefs are, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, I'm not smart enough, I'm not lovable. Those are the beliefs you're trying to hide with some fake beliefs. Fake beliefs like, oh, I'm good enough to, to, to get a good job, oh, I'm deserving enough to have wonderful finances, oh, I'm lovable enough to have the love of my life. That's what you think you think, but you don't. And that's why life is harder. But you've got to spend the time understanding and stop stopping yourself by bringing to the surface what you truly believe about yourself so that you can stop the hurting and stop manifesting and drawing to you the nonsense that you're drawing to you. Now, what is it to be a man? <laughs> it's a perfect segue into that because every single human has a divine masculine, a divine feminine. We divided it into two parts. We're celebrating Mother's Day and then we celebrate Father's Day because we made two divisions. But those two parts are in each of us. Every woman should learn how to be a man and every man should learn how to be a woman and what it truly is. So what is it to truly be a man? What it is to truly be a man is to go where you're afraid to go, is to use your intellect, to know and pay attention to your intuition, to label it and then follow it, to have the courage to be your genuine self and not what others want you to be, to make the choices to stop the hurting and the pain. And to do the internal work. That's the male side of every person. And that is what we need to celebrate and honor. To talk yourself into. To intellect yourself into. To reason yourself into making the positive choices in your life. To listening to your intuition making those higher choices, that's what you use your intellect for. That is the male side of you. To be loyal to yourself. To be loyal to your truth. To be loyal to your values, good values. To not run off of fears. That's what it is to be a real man. To honor life, to honor others, to honor yourself. That's what it is to be a real man. To make the choices to grow. To have the courage to take risks. That's what it is to be a man. To be able to face yourself and look in the mirror and not complain about the lines on your face or the weight on your waist or your butt, but to turn around and look in the mirror and say, I like what I see and I know there is more. And the parts that I don't like, I'm going to work on. 
I'm going to eliminate those beliefs within me that hold me back. And I'm going to expand my beliefs that help me grow. That's what it is to be a man, to have the courage to do that. Anybody can look in the mirror and complain. That's a weakness. Anybody can make a lower choice. That's actually against the grain. But anybody could do that. And people do it all the time. You do it all the time. But that's the work. That's the work we need to do. Not to struggle and to climb our way up a ladder and to toil and strain the way we do. That's what didn't, that that was a pure example that Jesus had said, the birds neither sow nor reap, yet they are fed. What do you think he was saying by that? They neither sow nor reap. What is sowing or reaping? What a farmer does. He tills the soil. He plants the seeds. He sows, that's what sowing is, and then he waters it, he removes the weeds every morning, he goes out there, he checks the soil, he waters and waters and waters and waters, and then when it's ready, now he's got to get the whole family and he has to harvest it all. It's a lot of work to be a farmer, and yet Jesus said that a bird doesn't have to do that and it eats plenty all the time. And if God is able to do that, if the force is able to do that, if there is a power there that is able to feed the birds, which is part of the lower vibrations that live on this planet, don't you think that force can feed the highest of vibrations on this planet the same way? Yes, it can. We can manifest anything. That's what he meant by that. And not through having to work so hard. The work he was ever referring to and that anybody is ever referring to is the self-work. It's, it's easier to build a skyscraper than it is to take care of your issues. People do it every day. Men go to work. They think it's a man to build your muscles, to go into the... Fl- military, to go fight a battle for some, I don't know, human-created values such as freedom. There is no freedom. If there was freedom, do you think that we would be doing these things on the planet that we're forced to do? No. Choices that we make. That's what people think as a man to go out there and beat up somebody who who is doing wrong you know to be a superhero god the marvel comics are going crazy in their television shows making billions of dollars on their stories and everybody is looking up to him oh i wish i was iron man they've even got women being great men now beating up on all the, you know, the superheroes. It's the images that we portray. That's what we think it is to be a man. And it's so wrong. That's so wrong. It's not even close to what it is to be a man. 
Anybody can do that. Even a child. I know children who have been superheroes. So this Father's Day and this month and this year, the remainder of the year, go within and pay attention to the divine masculine within you that needs to make choices, that needs to spend time on your own personal life, committing to yourself. Anybody can go to school. <laughs> that just reminded me of another saying we come up with, the school of hard knocks. No, that's a dumbass school, okay, to enroll in. The school of hard knocks separates you from God. It doesn't draw you closer. You don't need to go to a school of hard knocks. You don't need to go through hard knocks to grow. There is no guarantee to it. There is no guarantee to growth. There is no guarantee to making lemonade if life throws you lemons. There is no guarantee to that. Yes, does the human element, the soul's element is always wanting to survive and always wanting to grow. So yes, we will do what we can, but it's no guarantee that we're going to do that. We're not going to turn it into lemonade. Not everybody. A lot of people don't. Stop throwing the lemons. Damn. Start believing in yourselves. There's so much in there. Do you think you've really conquered yourself? I don't care how minimal your story is. Here, if you think you had a wonderful, lovely, Brady Bunch childhood, and that wasn't so good because they were in marriages that didn't work and failed and they had to combine the families together. But if you think you had such a wonderful Disney World, Disneyland um, family, I would go through that again. And you have any issues in your life now? I would go revisit your vision and stop creating beliefs for yourself that you need in order to survive. See what really went on so that you can grow from that truly. Yeah, maybe it hurt. Like I said, I do a lot of bubble bursting on people. Maybe it'll hurt to figure and, and acknowledge that it wasn't all hunky-dory. Something went off. If you're not manifesting what you want in your life today, something went off in the past. Not today, in the past. And it had nothing to do with that abusive husband you may have married or that miserable wife who had an affair on you that you married. It had nothing to do with them. You attracted them to start with because of your original issue. All your illness that you have today has nothing to do with genetics. It has nothing to do with, with your body or your family and how weak their bodies were. It has to do with what you're manifesting for yourself. Why are you manifesting that? Be a man. Pull up your pants. Go in there. Because I promise you, Yes, you might find some things and experiences. You already went through the experiences. You can't go through them again. You understand that? You can't go through and re-experience the pain you went through. You would have to create a new memory for it. You can all go back and look at your past 24-7 and not shake from any of it if you do your work and release and stop making yourself feel bad about everything you went through again. 
I've told you my story a million and one times. It doesn't bother me at all to tell you my story. I can tell you exactly how I was sexually molested, how I was beat up by my father with a belt all the time. I can tell you all of that, how the kids used to, to, to pick on me and sit there and hit me with a piece of wood and all of that stuff. Not one hair on the back of my neck rises from that. Why? Because I've, I'm not creating new angers and new resentments and new pities for me. Oh my God, I can't believe I went through that. That's why my life sucks. I could, but my life doesn't suck. All right, if your life sucks, then you want to go and do that because at least you constantly give yourself an excuse as to why your life sucks. But the point is you don't have to have a sucky life. And the only reason why it's continuing is because you're continuing to let the past hurt. It shouldn't hurt. I don't care what your father did to you. You know, I had my cousin stick his penis where the sun don't shine with me okay i don't hate him the poor guy died of aids you know this is like but i did the work to love me so they would then and all the abuse was done to my body it wasn't done to me it wasn't done to my heart it wasn't done to my soul it wasn't done to my mind it was done to my body big deal And you're not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. Did I make stupid mistakes and say stupid things and get people angry with me? Yes. Did I hurt others? Yes, I did. I forgave myself for it. I don't know if they forgave me for it. I'm hoping that they did. But I forgave myself for it. We all make dopey mistakes. Even some people kill others. To think that you can kill, to think that you can kill a human body, that's no big deal. So you kill the human body. You haven't touched the soul at all. The soul goes on. And you may have done it a favor anyway. Now it gets to go to the other side. Anybody who was killed before the pandemic didn't have to go through the pandemic. You understand how blessed they were? It depends upon how you look through at life. No, we don't want to see the suffering. The suffering should not be there. If this is, this is all an illusion to start with. It's not real. Because when you go to the other side, you see that it's not real. You go, whoa, whoa, what was that? That was a whole picture. And I didn't just go fast forward it and just throw away that part of the picture. And it's not even there anymore. I know I'm not sounding cold. Believe me. I want to stop the suffering. I want to stop the hurt. But the only way to do that is to give yourselves a break. And stop feeling so bad about the hurt you've gone through. And stop feeling so bad about the mistakes you make. And I'm sorry, I will call them mistakes. We have a darn community now, a spiritual community that doesn't want to use the word right or wrong. It's a choice. Doesn't want to use the words mistake. You know, there are no mistakes. Yes, there are. There are stupid choices and there are dumb mistakes. So what? Right? So what? We learn, we grow, we change, we'll experience something different, we move on, or at least we can. But we're not going to if you hold on to the depth of the mistake that the word itself sounds terrible. You don't even face your own weaknesses because you've been taught that thinking that their weaknesses is bad. So why would you face what you're already feeling is bad 
in order to make yourself feel better. It makes you feel worse then. I'm trying to minimize what the bad is, but I'm calling it what it is. You cannot change inside of you what you don't see needs to be changed. So see it, honor it, it's okay, be a man. Face it. There's nothing wrong that you are facing. There's a soul trying to grow and be its magnificent self. Dang, if God made a mistake at one point and evolved from that, so can we. It's okay. It was okay for it. It's okay for us. Let's move past that. Let's stop the suffering so that we don't have to keep coming back here. And Regina, you're right. Let the heck stay on the other side now. But while we're here, let's make it better because we can. I want to thank you all for joining me always and listening to my podcast afterwards. This will be downloaded as usual. I appreciate you being here. I love you all. You really are truly your wonderful, incredible people and beings, no matter what you've done, no matter what ridiculous value you may be holding on to, it's okay. Stop stopping yourself. And join me every week. Have a fabulous week. I'm Vincent Jenna. This is Unity Online Radio. Hang in there. You've got such great hosts coming up, including Temple Hayes, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and um, even um, Diane herself, who put this all together. We'll see you again next week. Love you all. Have a fabulous one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.